0: Welcome back, thank you for tuning in. This is INT Japan, and I'm your host, Karen. The weather is finally getting cooler in Japan. Soon, it will be winter again. Does anyone feel like 2023 is only three months long? I still remember my last birthday, last Christmas, and my New Year's resolution. The next thing I know, I'm already making plans for 2024. Where did the time go? Well anyway, today's topic is about mental health issues in Japan Specifically, about why mental health awareness is still lagging behind in 21st century Japan and why it needs to be addressed Mental health issues are a global concern and Japan is no exception Despite being a technologically advanced and socially developed country, many individuals in Japan still hesitate to seek mental health treatment or even talk about it A recent survey by Japan's Education Ministry has revealed that a record high number of over 900 teachers at public schools left their jobs for mental health reasons during the 2021 academic year. This represents a significant increase of 171 compared to the previous survey conducted in 2018. Long working hours are cited as a major factor contributing to this trend. The Ministry of Education acknowledges the urgent need to address the mental health of teachers. Out of a total of roughly 13,000 teachers who left their positions for reasons other than mandatory retirement in the 2021 academic year, 8% of the teachers cited mental health issues as the cause of their departure. This included 571 elementary school teachers. 277 junior high school teachers, and 105 senior high school teachers, all of which are record high numbers. Another survey revealed that a record number of teachers took a leave of absence due to psychological issues, further highlighting the challenges faced by educators. The increasing workload and long hours are discouraging people from becoming teachers, exacerbating the teacher shortage issue. There is also the fact that teachers don't get paid a lot of money in Japan But it's not just teachers who are experiencing depression Teenage depressions and suicide are significant concerns in Japan Around 1 in 10 teenagers aged 12 to 18 in Japan suffers from depression with the suicide rate among teenagers steadily increasing since 2006 reaching over 600 teen suicides in 2018 The problem seems to peak in September and April coinciding with the return to school possibly due to academic stress, known as examination hell and issues at home. The Japanese education system is known for its rigorous demands and high expectation. Students face intense competition to gain admission to prestigious universities and failing these exams can get you labelled as a ronin, basically like a lost wanderer, a dropout, a failure. Failing your university entrance exam is like bringing shame upon your family. I suppose it's Asian culture, no? I know my parents would feel the same way had I failed to get into the university back then. Luckily, New Zealand wasn't as stringent about letting people into their university. Several factors contribute to this teen depression issue, including a unique cultural attitude towards suicide and a growing trend of social isolation called hikikomori. This is pretty much people who never leave their house, and avoid any social interactions, except virtual ones Social pressure to confirm and the emphasis on community in Japanese culture may exacerbate feelings of isolation Especially for adolescents trying to discover their identities We've all been teenagers before, and it's never nice to be dictated to by the authorities. You should do that, you shouldn't do that, you should be more like this, you shouldn't be like that, blah blah blah. No teenagers want to be dictated. Teenagers want to explore and discover their own identity without the society breathing down their neck. One of the most significant barriers to seeking mental health treatment in Japan is the enduring cultural stigma associated with mental illness. Japan has a long history of emphasizing collectivism, conformity, and face-saving behavior. Mental health issues have traditionally been perceived as a sign of personal weakness, leading to shame and discrimination. The concept of honne and Tatemai, the contrast between true feelings and public persona, further discourages open discussions about mental health problems as people fear revealing their true struggles to society. So many people with stress and frustration often keep these feelings bottled up for fear of disapproval. Japan's demanding work culture plays a crucial role in the reluctance to seek mental health treatment. Many Japanese workers face extreme pressures to meet high job expectations, including long working hours and job insecurity. The fear of jeopardizing one's career or reputations by admitting to mental health issues leads many to suffer in silence. Seeking treatment can be seen as an embarrassment or a weakness, making it difficult for people to break free from the cycle of stress and anxiety. There is this thing in Japan, especially in the workforce, right? People are so afraid of causing trouble to others that they tend to sacrifice themselves or push themselves too hard. You feel guilty for taking a sick leave. You feel bad for feeling sick because it might affect the productivity of your company overall. And I've been the receiver of this guilt trip in the past. When my dog died, I just couldn't function, I couldn't sleep, I couldn't eat. I was so out of it, so I asked my company for one week off to grieve. And the first thing they told me was, well, we understand your situation, but you have to think about the company too. So aside from feeling aggrieved by my dog's death, I also felt really guilty. They make you think that caring for your own mental health at the expense of the company is a selfish thing to do. I really hope that my company is an exception, but from what I've heard from my students, mine is not an anomaly. Many of my Japanese students hesitate to talk about their own mental health, even when they have all the symptoms. When I mention going to a therapist, many of them look at me like I'm a flat earther, like batshit crazy. In Japan, you are trained to prioritize others before yourself and by the way, this mostly applies to work. Sometimes when you have to take a few days off because you're sick, it is almost a polite thing to do to come back to work with omiyage or souvenir, to thank your co-workers for covering for you and to apologize. In a society that values group harmony and conformity, People who struggle with feelings of loneliness and isolation may be reluctant to seek support or express their emotions. This can worsen their feelings of depression. There is also a popular concept in Japan called Gaman which means endurance or perseverance. It encourages individuals to endure suffering silently rather than seek help, so the number of mental health issues may be underreported here. I used to think that this gaman thing is a virtue, but now I think some people take it way too far. This is also why many domestic violence goes unreported. Gaman shimas is like a mantra that you tell yourself to put up with something that you don't need to. It's like a self-hypnosis to brainwash yourself to put up with a lot of shit. I mean, is this really harmony? Would you be willing to sacrifice your own sanity for the sake of collective harmony? I suppose that's one of the reasons why the crime rate in Japan is continuously low compared to other countries. People are geared towards preserving harmony, at the expense of their own well-being. Another reason for hesitation is the lack of education and awareness about mental health. Japan has lagged behind in providing comprehensive mental health educations in schools and workplaces. As a result, many people are ill-equipped to recognize the signs of mental health issues, either in themselves or in others. The absence of open discussion perpetuates the belief that mental health problems are rare and that seeking treatment is not necessary. Even when people overcome cultural and societal barriers and decide to seek mental health treatment, they often encounter limited access to services. Japan faces a shortage of mental health professionals, and long waiting times for appointments can discourage those in need from pursuing treatment. Moreover, the cost of mental health care can be a significant barrier, as health insurance coverage for mental health services is often limited, As a foreigner, it was especially difficult for me to look for a therapist. The one I found was all the way in Ginza and he charged 20,000 yen a session. He was really good at his job, but it's not sustainable going there regularly unless I make like 1 million yen a month or something. The rate of depression in Japan and the world continues to increase. It's not a mystery considering everything that has been going on. My lifesaver is my dogs. Having them can be a big financial burden, which adds to more stress, but they're the reason why I keep fighting. Having that responsibility keeps me grounded, and they are so cute, right? They're always happy. When you go out to the society and you see a lot of grumpy people, it's bound to make you feel depressed. So when you come home and you see this innocence, full of love, you know, you can't help but be affected by them. A study involving roughly 13,000 Japanese workers found that living arrangement can significantly impact depression. They found that living alone was linked to a higher prevalence of depressive symptoms. The study also explored the impact of pet ownership on this association, revealing that both those living alone without pets and those living alone with pets had a higher prevalence of depressive symptoms. The effect was more pronounced among those living alone with pets. This shocked me because I feel the opposite effect. I felt depressed when I was living alone. But ever since I got my dogs, I've managed to keep my depression at bay somehow. Like it doesn't even enter my mind. In my mind, if something happens to me, worse things will happen to my pets and I can't let that happen. Call it maternal instinct, whatever. But having my pets is definitely making me a stronger person. More importantly, this study extended these findings to relatively young employees, suggesting that even though they interact with co-workers, living alone might still affect their mental health. That is an area that is worth exploring deeper into. Surprisingly, the study found that pet ownership did not offer the expected protective effect. This contradicted previous studies that suggested pets could have positive psychological effect. Possible reasons for this discrepancy included the financial burden of pet ownership, as I mentioned before, and also sleep disturbances caused by pets. I can testify to this one, and that's why I have started making my pets sleep downstairs. Do I sleep better as a result? Totally. Do I feel guilty every time my dogs cry? 200% additionally the study observed that individuals living solely with their birth family also had a higher prevalence of depressive symptoms compared to those living with a spouse and children this i can totally believe because you know as much as i love my family and i love my parents i don't want to live under the same roof as them after one week they're bound to drive me crazy This indicated the impact of living arrangements on mental health extended beyond those living alone. However, the study had limitations, including a non-representative sample, lack of data on specific pet types and caretaking responsibilities, and they also used depressive symptom scale instead of the clinical depression diagnosis. So take this study with a grain of salt. Alright, alright. So, I think most of us have felt down one way or another, and some of us have experienced depression, yeah? That's life and we're not entirely in control as to what happens in it. What we can control is our responses to these events. And that's a challenge because our brain is wired to fixate on negative things. Think about your day. The first thing that comes to mind would probably be something bad that happened this morning, or something annoying that happened at work. How about the good stuff? How about the fact that you still have a roof over your head? The fact that you have people who care about you? The fact that you're not starving and you get to eat your favorite food every day? All of these tend to go over our heads because of that one unlucky thing that happened for about 5 minutes. Those 5 minutes can ruin your entire day. One of my students actually shared an interesting research with everyone a few months ago. And this is something that I think all of us should practice. He told me that it was done by a researcher at Harvard University. I can't find the original paper, but the main point is the researcher encourages everyone to list three things that make them happy each day. My student is taking this seriously and he and his family take turns listing three things that they are grateful for each day. He told me it's not always easy, especially when something bad happens at work we tend to undermine the positive experiences that we have and in order to be happier researchers say we shouldn't another harvard study conducted over 85 years aimed to discover what makes people happy in life the researchers found that the most consistent factor contributing to happiness health and longevity is positive relationships they emphasized the importance of social fitness which involves assessing and nurturing our relationships. The study identifies seven key types of support in relationships, including safety and security, learning and growth, emotional closeness, identity affirmation, romantic intimacy, help, and fun and relaxation. The article encourages people to evaluate their relationships and reach out to deepen the connections that matter to them. The study's authors stress the significance of social connections in our overall well-being. Japan is a land of introverts. I'm an introvert too. I mean, it's very rare that you meet a social butterfly in Japan. It's actually not uncommon for people to have very small social circles. Some of my students admitted not having any close friends. And as Japan, being a society that venerates privacy, Many people are afraid to cross the boundaries in fear of going over the line or offending someone. Friends often stay within the superficial realm of having lunch together, talking about their jobs or going to movies, things like that. They don't ask about their friends' real thoughts or feelings and they don't share their own feelings that much. Oftentimes, I ask them if they have ever consulted their friends on marriage troubles Or sexual troubles, they said no because it's private and it's embarrassing. My best friends pretty much know everything about me inside out. Without them, life would be 100 times harder. They are my support and I am theirs. They know all the stupid things that I have done and they don't judge me for it because they've also done stupid shit in the past. It's kind of funny, but many of my students who have gone overseas and come back to Japan express a sense of... Liberation. They told me that they didn't realize how constricting Japanese society is until they moved abroad. And they come back a changed person. Happier, less fuck to give, a little bit more rebellious, which is healthy, I think. I mean, everyone should go through a rebellious stage, no matter how old they are. Better late than never, right? Well, the main point is, let's just be kind, support each other, and practice gratitude. If you ever feel like you're going to explode from all the stress and frustration, reach out to someone. DM me, I don't care. Just talk to someone. Alright, that's it for today. I'm signing off. Until next time.